The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to this edition of the Patricia Raskin Show, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. I'm in my 15th year on Voice America and very excited about it. They have really wonderful programs. Today, we're going to talk a lot about emotional intelligence. And my guest is Dr. Craig Haas. He is a management consultant at Advantage Performance Group. And he's an executive coach with over 15 years of experience in helping companies select high-quality talent and develop leaders. And today, we are going to talk again, as I said, about um, leadership, but really very much about emotional intelligence that is so needed by our leaders. Craig earned his PhD in industrial organizational psychology and also has other degrees in human resources. So today we're going to talk about talent assessment, leadership development and coaching and emotional intelligence. Hello, Craig. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah, good. Good to have you on the show. Tell us what emotional intelligence is. Well, you know, there's a lot of different definitions of emotional intelligence, but broadly speaking, it's about one's confidence at perceiving and regulating emotions with an aim to influence our own or others' behaviors. So there's a emotional awareness element first, and then there's an emotional management element. And it can be applied both to ourselves uh, and as well as to being able to help influence others. So, uh, you know, being aware of one's own emotions and how that's impacting how I'm communicating or what I'm about to do, and then choosing what to do about that in terms of managing our responses to that emotional information, or when I'm interacting with another individual, being perceptive uh, in terms of being able to understand what their emotional experience is of our interaction or whatever is going on at the moment, and picking up on nonverbal cues, eye language, etc., and then perhaps helping them to manage an emotional uh, challenging moment or just to influence that. Um, that sounds very easy, but it isn't, particularly when you're in meetings or in group settings with very different personalities. And I think that's the next piece is how do you become a competent leader? Because I would think that no matter how bright you are, if you can't deal with people of all different types of personalities, it's going to be harder for you to lead. That is so true, Patricia. You know, I mean, leadership success is so critical in businesses and the, the key metric often for them is how effective are they at getting their followers, the people who report them or in their team to perform and to develop those people. Um, and a lot of leaders get promoted into higher and higher leadership roles because of their very bright, they're very competent driving results. Often they're very uh, uh, technically set, talented and, and skilled, but 
the further up in the organization you go or the more you have to interact with other people, the more those soft skills start to come into play. And those are not necessarily areas that people are learning a lot about in their traditional business courses. Um, and so they have to develop these uh, skills around emotional intelligence and emotional social confidence. And uh, it, it is definitely a trainable skill, but some of us have an edge over others. Um, you had mentioned personality uh, in our uh, a moment ago, I believe, in an earlier conversation. And, you know, some of us have a natural propensity to be a bit more extroverted or a bit more introverted or a bit more agreeable or a bit more quick to disagree and find flaws in a logical argument. And that will obviously play out in our interactions with others. But we have the ability, if we're more attuned, into our emotional intelligence or more actively leveraging our emotional intelligence skills to apply the behaviors that will help us to either elaborate on those and kind of leverage those things or perhaps stop them and do something different if we find that we're actually having the opposite effect. Um, One of the roles you find a lot of people who are professionals who come into leadership roles are like uh, the accounting, finance, business type people or the scientific doctor, specialist, engineering-minded type folks. And they're really often very good at troubleshooting and problem-solving and critical thinking. And their natural tendency is to find a flaw in the argument and then immediately challenge it which, of course, can have a negative impact in their effectiveness in doing what they're trying to do in the communication with that other party if their end goal is to try to get them to agree to some solution that they want them to kind of lean towards. And so the question becomes, how do I stop my natural tendency, take a step back, and think about what's really the best thing for me to do here, even though I want to, like, jump out of my skin (laughs) and say something? Well, and I, I don't want to become political, but I don't think we have a great example of that in our leadership right now. And I think that's something that we really, you know, that's really important in terms of us, um, you know, really in terms of us understanding and, um, you know, and working with. Because as you said, there's, there is a certain amount of, as you said, self-control, right, that has to be here. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to be able mm-hmm. to know. When do I speak and when do I not speak? So what are some of the things you teach your leaders in, um, in your classes? Right. And so that's a great question. And, and, uh, and, you know, to your point, Patricia, that you just said there, you know, there are a lot of leaders who are extraordinarily talented and good and they drive results. And they're a the type of leaders or sometimes they're individual contributors that they were really high performers, but they're just really challenging to manage, or they're really high-performing leaders, but they just have this reputation that they're hard to work with. And that and that's because of the, uh, often the emotional intelligence skills, they're not using them, or they're just not familiar with them, and they need to, you know, work on developing them to kind of finesse that. Um, because, you know, the really highly emotional intelligent professionals or leaders uh, they can be very highly productive, but they also people like working with them. They're more collaborative, they're more open, they're more attuned to others. And so those types of things we teach people to, and co- through coaching or through large programs in, uh, in a public setting where people jo- come and attend to learn more about emotional intelligence or in corporate America where they're having groups of their leaders or their employees go through a, a program. They learn skills around things like uh, learning how to detect the emotions of others 
So it might, one of the best ways to do practicing of emotional intelligence and development of skills is through role playing where, you know, I play the role of uh, one person in a play who had a problem and you play the role of the manager and then we talk through the scenario and I have my script of what I'm supposed to do in terms of what I'm supposed to say and what emotions I'm supposed to try to display, maybe, maybe more subtly. Um, and there are ways that you do those skills practice in a very broken down way. So for perhaps a group of three or four or five people, we'd sit around and one of us would be assigned an emotion to display in a subtle way. And in your conversation, we were that two people, myself and one other person was supposed to have, and everyone in the room is supposed to, or in that group is supposed to guess, well, what emotion is Craig portraying here? And not what he's saying, not the words, but does he sound related or does he sound angry? Does he sound frustrated, uh, you know, and the, the terms and the words I might be using may not be aligned at all, right? Can you pick up on the nonverbals, the emotion, the tone, the speed? The, yeah. the and how good are, how, how effective is that? I mean, do the, can the people in the class, can they usually pick it up? Do you find? You, you, know, you know what? The first couple of times they go through it, it's, they're all over the map. Some of them have a better sense of it than others, and, and there's a bit of work going on. But after they've gone through a couple of iterations of it, they get better at picking up on the nuances, especially if you work into that. Okay, we all just had this discussion. Now let's talk about what did you see or hear or what did you pick up on? Because, you know, you got it right and I didn't. Or you were close. You thought it was joy, yeah. not elation or excitement. Yeah. But that's obviously in the same spectrum of the right guess. So well, what were you noticing that I wasn't noticing? And you can learn from that instant feedback and then have yeah. another practice around again. And after several episodes yeah. of that, they get better. Do they become experts? No, no one becomes an expert in, you know, in a short training program. But the idea is to teach okay. them the skills that they can continue to practice over time. Okay. Uh, so one of the other points you mentioned is like the self-control element. And there is sort of a yield sign that some people naturally have. Uh, when they realize they're saying something or doing something, they realize, oh, I'm noticing the other person's reaction or what's likely to be their reaction. I better stop and check in with them and see where they're at before I continue yeah. and then decide yeah. what to do. And some people blow right through the red light. And you can teach people also to kind of slow down and pay more attention to those signs. But it's it, some of us have a natural uh, knack for it, and others, it, they really need to work on it. And, and some of us have a much higher propensity for emotional intelligence and naturally just have it, you know, or have been working on it for years, yeah. Yeah, or it's others very, are completely yeah, off, the, off the mark. It's very interesting when you say that, because that is probably my biggest strength. I mean, I have a lot of things I, you know, that I'm not strong in, but that, and of course, it's in my work. As an interviewer, mm -hmm. I have to be able to pick mm -hmm. that up. And I'm very, it's become very refined for me, Craig. I mean, I, I can pick up something that's so subtle just by the way you turned or you looked or you say all the right words to me, you know, little things like, oh, I, yes, I want to make this happen. And then you don't answer my call or you change. Or, I mean, it's just little things that I pick up or the distraction factor. Mm -hmm. And I'll pick that up right away. And it helps me a lot because I used to get so disappointed, you know, and now I'm, I'm sharper. But it's not an easy skill. I think you, you have to practice it and learn it, don't you think? It, it, you know, that's totally right. It, it's, there's some learning that has to go on, and then there's a lot of practice. It's not just you become aware of what 
it is, and then now you're suddenly, you know, emotionally intelligent. There is an awful lot of skill development and practice that has to go into it. And the and training I wanna, programs are, are, are you designed to teach you how to practice the skills, yeah. but you have to continue to maintain them. I think the other thing that I have learned for me, and then we're going to take a break and come back and talk to you more about this, is that sure. when you're dealing with very sophisticated, strong leaders, powerful people who are excellent communicators, you have to be careful because they can throw you in their charm and their use of the language and their, oh, this and that. And it, it still happens to me. And I say, wait, wait how did I miss that? <laughs> you know, I thought I was good at this. But it, it really, I mean, some people are so skilled that it's not easy. And I think the, the, the ones who are often stronger, they're very strong leaders, they're very strong salespeople, um, and very charismatic. Those are the ones. Do you agree? I do understand that. And I think it does happen because they're so socially skilled uh, that sometimes it's harder to pick up on some of the nuances. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are talking about emotional intelligence with uh, Craig Haas. And um, we're learning more about what this is, how it can help you, and how it can help your overall intelligence as well. Dr. Craig Haas is a management consultant and executive coach at Advantage Performance Group. And he has over 15 years of experience in helping companies select high-quality talent and develop leaders. You can log on to LinkedIn and Craig Haas, H-A-A-S, or Twitter is at Dr. Craig D. Haas, H-A-A-S. Facebook is facebook.com slash craig.h-a-a-s.79. And then he has a YouTube channel as well. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Are you trying to discover how to thrive in business and follow your purpose? Tune in to Entrepreneur Enlightenment with host Irina Benedict. You will learn how to combine practical business strategies with spirituality so you can grow your business with ease. If you've been searching for purpose, for freedom, for fulfillment, tune in to get your questions answered. Listen live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. 
It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show well hello everyone and welcome back we are talking about emotional intelligence with dr craig haas who's a management consultant at Advantage Performance Group, and he's had over 15 years of experience in helping companies select high-quality talent and develop leaders. He's a talented leadership training facilitator, and he does a lot of assessment work. He's worked with Fortune 500 to mid-sized firms and has a PhD in industrial organizational psychology. Welcome back, Craig. Okay. Um, Yeah, let's look at... You know, how this helps you in relationships, particularly in the workplace, this emotional intelligence piece, and then we'll give people some tips. But how does that help? Absolutely. You know, there's some really interesting research that's been done by uh, a couple people out out in Harvard around this concept of psychological safety. And one of of, of my uh, colleague friends... Uh, is also doing um, some interesting research on the intersection of psychological safety with emotional intelligence, uh, Dr. Tim Clark. And psychological safety is, is uh, this concept that uh, in a organization or in a group, when, a, when there is a shared belief or, uh, or understanding that we, us in this group or a team, are, are, are safe from interpersonal risks. No one's going to say that something I said was a bad idea or stupid. It's okay to take a bit of a risk, even if I don't have everything figured out and kind of make a mistake and learn from it. I can throw out some ideas, even though I haven't got them fully formed yet, and, you know, freely brainstorm without fear of criticism. Um, uh, you know, it, 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 when that, there's this environment of... Uh, people wanting to help each other and, and sort of accepting and being um, more uh, comfortable with and, and attuned to others, emotional intelligence kind of facilitates that kind of an environment. And so, when, or lack of it might be a better example. So think about a leader or a group where several people in the group really aren't that emotionally intelligent. And mm-hmm. people are really just trying to prove themselves as the winner. And so if you have an idea, I don't want you to look good so I can shoot your idea down and find holes mm. and then come up with my own idea and make an argument as to why my idea is better so I can look smarter or better. Or I'm going to try to make be the one who wins the goal or whatever and try to win the deal, not you be the one, even though we're supposed to be working together because it's, it's out for me. The low psychological uh, safety environment then starts to play out where people are stressed out, people don't trust each other, there's uh, skepticism, you're very cautious, risk-averse, um, because there isn't that sense that it's a safe environment. And what is creating that environment or lack of is the level of emotional intelligence of the team and the leader. Even if the leader himself or herself is not that emotionally intelligent, he is not really practically creating that. If most of the group on the team is, they can sort of create this 
environment amongst themselves mm-hmm. that really helps mm-hmm. to facilitate real positive outcomes. Because when people feel safe and are more willing to open up and come up with creative ideas, and it, 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 it creates a higher level of engagement, creates innovation opportunities, mm-hmm. it creates... Mm-hmm. You know, all sorts of uh, positive discretionary effort, meaning I'm going to go the extra mile. Um, and so the question becomes, what can we do in our own personal life and in our work life to kind of do these sort of behaviors and skills to help facilitate emotional intelligence and then help facilitate our own stronger relationships at work and at home? And there's a couple yeah. of things. Uh, you know, one is... I just, I, I just want to stop it, for a second because yeah, I think ahead. what you said, I want to just... Um, reflect on what you said. I think what you're saying is that if you have one person who's kind of off, then the group can kind of bring them back in, right? The problem comes when you, you know, when you have a split, but, you know, if you have a strong team and they can kind of corral that other person and get them back on, correct? Is that what you said? That's right. And, you know, and they can try to, you know, just through the sort uh, the, the the power of sort of social norms and kind of unwritten rules of an or- a group, or that this is the way we do things here, kind of crowd that person in. Yeah, very good. All right, and, and so um, tell awesome. us about, give us some um, wonderful tips. Absolutely, and you know, some of the greatest examples of of what to do is by looking at what not to do. Um, and if you look at some of the leadership derailment research out there about leaders who are really successful, then do something that kind of turns them, uh, that takes a career off track. Uh, there are leaders who are highly successful, highly driven, but perhaps emotionally volatile, where they tend to fly off the handle very quickly, yell, scream, you know, or just really get very stressed, very tense when things aren't mm. going according to plan. And then, so the, that can have all sorts of negative consequences in their team, their organization, their own performance, their interaction with others. But so the opposite of that, of course, would be people who are more emo- able to control their emotions. And so in times, like, let's face it, every work environment has interactions with other people. And in just the, in every relationship we have, by the nature of it, it's emotionally laden. I mean, our interactions, even when everything's going smoothly, there's a lot of nonverbal emotions kind of at play. Mm-hmm. And when you start layering on things like work-related stress and tight deadlines and things that go wrong and, you know, et cetera, of course, there's lots of opportunities for emotions to kind of peak. And so the question becomes, you know, I know I have this project to go on. I know I'm about to walk into a meeting with some other people. I know we don't all agree. Can I take a step back and just quietly listen and ask open questions without judgment and not and just not react. You know, and when I feel this intention in my chest or in my, you know, or my, or the, my blood starting to boil, can I take a moment, take a deep breath, and just say, okay, let me just try to understand what they're saying and see where they're coming from and see what is important to them because maybe we can come out with some solution that they would see as valuable too. Yeah, that's so good. Terrific. All right, and let's give some more tips. We have a few more minutes. Sure. So another one that is really, uh, you know, uh, kind of plays into a similar deal is some of us have a high need for, um, you know, making sure everything goes well and control. You know, uh, some of us have a natural tendency to be very organized, very meticulous, et cetera. But, of course, the world is a bit chaotic and doesn't always go to our plan, especially when other people are involved. They don't always want to follow our plan or they have, might have their own plan. And so part of uh, having the, uh, displaying the right or higher level of emotional intelligence is, you know, being able to be a bit flexible and, uh, and take uh, a moment to literally just, um, 
you know, take a step back and say, okay, what's going on here? Take myself out of the picture here and just look from a third party view of what is the, what is the, what is I'm trying to do? Why is it not working? What, what is the other person's reaction to it? And, and how do I change what I'm about to do or say to get them to see what I'm trying to accomplish and to understand what they are doing? A lot of these challenges occur because people don't understand what the other people value. It's not necessarily about who the, the method. It's right. about I don't feel like you acknowledge me or recognize me, right. and therefore I'm going to fight and argue with you until you, I feel like I've earned that deemed respect mm-hmm. points. And so sometimes it's a matter of building that relationship with the person first instead of arguing over your plan and why your plan is better. So true. And and not always easy. I mean, not always an easy thing. As you said, really understanding why they think the way they do. And I think sometimes people don't do that. Um, You know, I I was in a thing recently where I just wanted my point across. So I wasn't listening to how that other person was feeling. And I realized it afterwards. And I actually wrote a letter. And I said, you know, I feel like I, I didn't understand how hard this was for you because I was just, you know, my point was so important. And I apologized. So I, I think, you know, sometimes you have to sit back. Sometimes it comes later when you realize it. So tell us, um, so what would you like to, yeah, yeah, it, it's interesting. I mean, you really have to think. It takes a lot of forethought. Um, Craig, what would you like to leave our listeners with today? What would be your message? I think one of the the key takeaway messages here is that, you know, way before emotional intelligence itself was sort of in the headlines and people really knew what it was, we were always looking for this. Organizations were trying to hire people who had people skills and had interpersonal side. They had other ways of trying to engage it. And when we interact with people who are trying to meet for the first time or trying to develop new friends or on the dating environment, whatever, we're trying to connect with people. And and now we, there's quite a bit of research showing emotional intelligence plays in all these different aspects of our life. And that also, more recently, that emotional intelligence is a learnable capabilities and skills that we can develop and grow uh, okay. and improve upon. And so don't, if you're one of those people who is constantly getting the feedback that you were bad Craig again, or you were rude, yeah. or you were yeah. incons- inconsiderate, it, it, it's not incurable. It just, but it, it's something that you would constantly have to work on and develop. And those okay. of us who think we have it all uh, worked out and have it, uh, you know, or more naturally that way, remember there's a lot of people in the organization that are somewhere in the middle. By default, most right. of us are going to be average on any particular skill or ability. And right. most of us have room to grow here. And mm-hmm. one of the points you made was great, the reflection after the eva- yeah. event happened. Yes, that's helped me it, a lot. That's helped me a lot. All right, yeah. Craig, we're going to have to go. How can people find you? Uh, the best way to find me is uh, craighaas.com, C-R-A-I-G-H-A-A-S.com. That okay. uh, is my website. Thank you. Perfect. All right, craighaas.com, C-R-A-I-G-H-A-A-S.com. Craig, thanks so much for being on the program. Really appreciate it. Thank you. All right, stand the line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up the first half of the Patricia Raskin Show. Stay tuned. We have a whole other segment for you coming up next right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.